shine for You dwells between the cherubim shine for You dwells between the cherubim shine for You dwells between the cherubim shine for Amen Thank you. Okay. Acts 26, verse. Thank you, Father. But rise, verse 16. But rise and stand upon thy feet. Because that was Jesus speaking to Paul, right? Um, Arise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in the which I will I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom I now send thee to open their eyes and then to do what? To turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan Unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them that are what? Them that are sanctified by faith, that is why. That is in me, praise God. We began to see that this faith that is in me is, is the faith of the Son. Right. or faith that is a, an access, that is a doorway into a world of things. Praise Jesus. We, I think we began to look at the economy of those things um, from the book of Ephesians chapter 1 when Paul began to pray for those things uh, and in his language, he was praying for them, and that he said, "The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, sorry, the Father of glory, may may give unto you the spirit of wisdom, and then what, of revelation in in the knowledge of Him." So, um, and we see that these things was he was praying for giving of spirits. That was what. The prayer summary of Paul's prayer was praying for giving of spirits, so for these people to receive spirits. And we are able to see by God's grace that it's not 
disconnected from faith, right? Because spirit, you can't receive. Another word for receiving spirit is to grant rest to spirit. Do you see that? Do you still remember? Do you remember what was taught? Okay. I hope you remember that message of, of Saturday. Okay, that, that was a key message. If you, if you forgot a bit of it, you can go back and listen to it. It's just, those are just key skill understanding about their realities. Those things are just, that's how thing, those things are. Things that you're, you must be equipped with. Understanding, way of approach when you're approaching the things of the spirit, the supernatural, that you must understand those things that... Um, you know, we talk about this rest of spirit that you can have all kind of interactions with spirits that doesn't involve their rest in, in the soul, right? But when he, a rest in in the soul is is a kind of is a faith. There's a faith interaction, but it's a particular kind of faith that causes rest of this kind of spirit in the soul. Do you see that? Praise God. So, and so that faith is called, is, is the faith of the Son of God. And amen. And here, that's Jesus himself speaking to Paul. is calling it faith that is what, what in me. Faith that is in me. By faith that is in me. Praise God. Hallelujah. And he's just telling Paul about the things when he's going to, to preach to people, trying to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light and all of that. Those are the things he should do in his ministry. Um, but he's, at the end, he now mentions something that is, is should be, is, is almost for granted. But you see that? It was, Jesus wasn't teaching faith here. It was just more of giving a, a charge to him about preaching, what he should preach, a commission, or the things that he would speak. By this time, I'm sure Saul didn't know anything about these things. Jesus was just telling him, these are things that you will do. Praise God. Um, but at the end, he now mentioned that the, the one of the reasons, main reasons for all these preachings that you will do, opening of eyes and all of that, is is that they may receive forgiveness of sins and then inheritance. <clears throat> you see that? Forgiveness of sins. Say forgiveness of sins. And then secondly, what? Inheritance. And he's now saying then that is of course is among them that are sanctified. So these are dividends of sanctification. Praise God. It's the dividends of what? Of sanctification. But they come by faith that is in me. Praise God. They come by what? Of course, they come by faith that is in me. So you see that, um, what I just want to show from here is faith. This faith we're talking about is a faith that leads into the world or the realm of inheritance. That which opens up the world of inheritance. That's the main operation of this faith. 
that the realm of this, that world of inheritance is actually is a secure world in God. It's, it's a world that is, it is void. You can, nobody can access that place. What, is, what do I mean by inheritance? Inheritance actually means the thing God has. <laughs> God's, God's actual things. God's actual what? God's actual things. They are things that God can, that can travel out of God. But they are things that God has kept. He has reserved some things. Or you can say he has prepared them. Do you see that? That was First Corinthians chapter 2. It was saying that eyes have not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart. Things which God has what? Them that love him. So those things have been prepared, but they can be revealed. But he has revealed it to us by what? By his spirit. They can, he can reveal them by his spirit. But that old chapter is not, he's not even talking really yet about access to them. He's talking about mainly about the revelation. He's saying that you are blocked from seeing them. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. Right? Then, not as he entered into that, what I entered means conceived as a thought, as an awareness within the heart. Praise God. But, so, that chapter of 1 Corinthians is speaking about the, the mechanism of revelation. That there is a way that those things can be revealed, praise God, to, to you by the Spirit. Glory to Jesus. So, one thing is revelation can travel. From God's world to you. But inheritance can never travel from God's world to you. You must journey into inheritance. We have to, these are, we have to know, you need to know all these things too, so we can see the Bible well. So you, you will be able to, you can, to can calibrate spiritual realities and know how. Otherwise, you know, sometimes you can expect something. To, to come into something, but it's not designed for you to be coming to in that way, you, but you are waiting for it. You, you get? Uh, so the way, the, the way of in dealings with revelation knowledge is not the same way God deals in it with inheritance. Do you understand? Someone can come into knowledge by mistake. Do you, you don't know? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy things can happen. But inheritance is different. There's a way God that designed inheritance. That you can't come there by mistake. There's, there's a way that it has the access must be given. So the way of access into inheriting, coming into the things that God has kept. That those things which will never travel to you, which you ought to journey into, right? Which you must, we're speaking about how you have to, God has, through his word, framed worlds of, of journey that will pass you into this, this place. 
is a place of dwelling in the spirit. You have to be, according to the way Colossians put it, delivered us from the power of darkness and then translated us into the Colossians chapter 1 verse 13, who had delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. And verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Verse, let's go to verse um, 12. Praise God. It says, giving thanks unto the Father. So that was the verse before. Who has made us meet to be partakers of the Lord, inheritance of where? Of the saints in, in light. There is something. So it's, the saint can come, can come in, be in light. He can be in light, but have never, not yet partaken of the inheritance in light. There is... When you are in the, the word, that word light there to me means knowledge, actually. It's just knowledge, season of knowledge. You know, to bring a soul into light, first of all, it's more, <laughs> that's a serious job. That was the job, first of the first job that was teaching, telling Paul about, the first mandate. That was the first thing that you need to do. You must open their eyes. You must turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, so that they will now receive forgiveness of sin. So opening of eyes, turning from darkness to light, is not the same thing as receiving forgiveness of sin. And inheritance among them that are sanctified, this is something else. There are some, some souls who will only enter light, but they will not enter inheritance. It's another task. One of the burden of this season is to begin to unveil the task of, of this other entrance, entering into this other world of inheritance. Are you seeing what I'm trying to say? Praise God. But if you're in the light, be happy. Right? Why should you be happy? Unto you, man, man. May man make man. I make man. Man make man. Make man. I'm here making, making me man, man, and make man. I'm here making man. I'm making, make man. I'm making, make, make man. I'm making, make, make, make man. I'm making, make, make, make way man. Way man. I'm here not making, make, make way, make, make way man. I'm making, make way man. Why cost man to understand? I cost man to understand. I, 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 I. I win from the breast and cost man. I cost, I cost man to understand. I cost man to understand. I cost man to understand. There's a fellowship of understanding and there's a fellowship and own, 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 own of sufferings. For I'm, I'm on to make you suffer for me. For you make you make you suffer for me. For you making you suffer, you are conforming to the come, coming, coming to me, come, coming. Thank you. Praise God. Because that doesn't need interpretation. That's, uh, that's not a tongue, that's a prophecy. And it doesn't give tongue, it gives prophecy. So. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. 
Praise God. You know, tongue is half of prophecy. You need the other half to make it pro- prophecy. You know what I mean? You need the, what he just gives everything straight. <laughs> so, so. it makes it easy easy for us you understand what he's saying praise God glory to Jesus amen he was just talking about the suffering right there's a suffering attached to it praise God the word suffer doesn't mean to suffering just mean Allow, allow, align, just let it. That's what it means to suffer. When you're letting it, you suffer yourself to allow it. But what you're allowing is what God wants, what God wants to bring out. Praise God. You can't inherit God's things if you don't leave your own things. You, what stops people from the door of inheritance is too much love above what they have. When you are too in love with your own, your, what you, your greatest possession is your life. That's your, your current estate of life that you have. And then God is saying, no, can I, can I pass you into another place? Can we take you and translate you into somewhere sometimes? The soul can find it difficult. Praise God. But I, the Lord will give us grace yeah. in this time. Glory to God. I, I'm too sure, I've, I'm very sure that in every heart, everybody here, conversation of inheritance has already started. I'm very sure. It might have even started before just January, maybe from last year, something. There's a season when they just began to talk to you about changing, about being translated. I want to translate you into something. Maybe just maybe showing you your next, your other person. You say, this is who you like this other person. This is what we want you to start doing. And you start being this person. That kind of, you know those kind of conversation. Yeah. That's, the, that's the smell, the savour of this kind of season. You understand? <laughs> and you know that there, you must allow something to go. Praise God for, you have to take away the first to establish what? To establish the second. Praise God. I pray no one will fall short of, Amen. of that. So, so what they are just giving to us is not the, is the dealings, the instruction, the, those things, they will be coming to you. It will be coming. It will just be coming. The Lord will be speaking to your heart secretly. No one might know, but it will just be inside of your heart. You will be seeing all the, the translation of your person that you need to submit to. Are you seeing that? So, but, but the word is just to, is to define it for you. It's also to, to impart and load grace. Load your heart with graces. You understand? For and definition for to embark on the task which the Lord wants. Praise God. Glory. So I was, so I was saying that souls can come into light, right? But but not be able to make the other cross over. You know, to cross from darkness to light is a giant, is a great step. And I was saying that you have to, you should, be rejo- you should rejoice about it. If you are in the light, be happy, you should, right? You should be glad, right? For darkness is past. 
True light is already it's now shining. When you are in the season, you are you are in the season of light. Okay, many of us can't deny that anymore. Right? There are some things you've seen you can never see again. There's, there's darkness that you can't hide all night again. There's ignorance that you cannot do again. One of the signs also of this season is strength for worthless things will just leave you. You will just, you will just not be finding strength again. That's a, a smell of the season too. That there's a, there's a sense of seriousness, but not... not not I'm not. I say seriousness, please. I'm not saying. <laughs> Praise God. One spirit that I hate is religious spirits. You know, I hate it with a passion. But I know that that spirit, when they are, you are teaching, it's trying to see what what can it use. You know. <laughs> So that's so why I, I hate that. So this is not seriously. I don't mean not, they don't play anymore. I, I don't mean you shouldn't, you know, be jovial. I'm not. I'm not saying don't watch TV. I'm not saying don't <laughs> praise God. <laughs> that's not the seriousness of the season. The seriousness is why you are playing. Do you understand? You are, not, you are playing without the former abandonment. Or you, are, you are, you understand me, it's the, the seriousness of an inward task which you've taken upon yourself, which you are not letting go. You know, that image of, of who they want to translate you into, you understand, which you must never let go of your sight. That's a, it's, a, it's a spiritual seriousness. Sometimes... Trying to force yourself to be too serious, you will let go of that. Yes, Satan is skillful like that. So it's not by <laughs> power, not by might. It is by my spirit, said the Lord. By spirit. Say by spirit. By spirit. Amen. Amen. So I was saying that some souls can come into light and make that giant crossover. Do you know what it means to peel darkness from soul? Teachings over time, over your laying of doctrines and all kinds of things, to, to peel darkness, to make the soul lose all its alliance with darkness and accept the light. Do you see that? Light, when you, when you say a soul is in the light, it means you, have, you are situated Right, you have found a situation. You are situated in knowledge. They brought you into knowledge. A soul that has been brought into knowledge is different from a soul without knowledge. They see the world differently. They see everything differently. You just see it. It's just different. Settled in knowledge. Praise God. But there's another giant leap now, which you must take into the into what the world of what. Are you seeing what I'm? I'm going this way. This way. I'm 
I'm talking of a lateral shift. I'm not talking about forward, upward, or none of that. I'm not talking about advancing from holy place to most, no. I'm talking about lateral shift. Do you understand? Not like this, not upward, not forward, but lateral shift. As you are journeying, at some point, they will open a door like this, say, shift into this place, and begin to, begin to move. You start from the world of knowledge, but at some point in your knowledge journey, they should shift you into inheritance and you keep journeying. You keep journeying in the, in the world of inheritance with knowledge, of course. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Now, the power of priestly knowledge, right? The power of priestly knowledge is to is the rustication of sin, right? That's the power of the priesthood. But someone can hold the priesthood, knowledge of the priesthood with sin being intact. Do you get what I'm saying? Then that is a sign that you are not, you haven't taken that lateral shift to journey with that priest in priesthood, but now in the world or in the land of inheritance. So, so people who are joining in spiritual things, they are not the same. Like I've said this to you before. This will, this will be the difference between men, church people, in this coming days, because knowledge will increase, like I said before. But who is who? They will be able to tell. This one is a knowledge guy, but he's not, he hasn't entered the world of his inheritance. You check him. Check him. Check, does he have things? <laughs> Not knowledge now, things. When I say things, you know what I mean. I mean those properties which the knowledge is meant to deliver. Praise God. So what Jesus is saying to Paul here is, is showing him, you see this land of inheritance. In the inheritance, there, of course, in that place, there is that thing of Forgiveness of sins which must occur in that place. This world of inheritance is a, is a world of his own. That area is where God lives. Everything outside this place, you will find representation of God, type of God, knowledge of God, signs of God, all kinds of things outside this place. But where God really is, that's like some people, someone can go to heaven and not and see. Some people say, "I met with Jesus." Yeah, in a sense. I won't argue with you that you, I won't say no, you didn't meet with Jesus. I won't say you didn't go to heaven. I won't say it because you can meet with God any, anywhere. In fact, you didn't need to go to, your, to heaven to meet with him. He could have come to your room given the circumstances in some measure. 
Do you understand? But the God who has come, of course, he has come to the earth. He has talked with, who was talking with Abraham, who was all those kind of, kind of, you know, God representing himself on the earth in different ways. He has done that. The Father has done that. But we're talking about the, the actual dealing with exactness. Right? When in Hebrews chapter 1, he spoke about the son, God was hundred times, the diverse man and spoke to the fathers by the prophet, as in this last day is now spoken to us by the son. Who is that son? Whom he, appointed, he has appointed a heir, first thing. So heir means inheritor. That was when you are, you are showing classification. These are the, this is the thing that angels saw in him. They began to worship. There's something about that was in this man. That is, you know, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is better than the angelic. They, when they, see him, they see, saw the angelic strata in him, but they saw better. You understand what I'm saying? What is this key thing? Who he became the heir of all things. That word heir means the inheritor. Entirely different from even where you find angels. It's another realm entirely. It's the, it's the realm of the very essence of God. The, the raw, fresh properties that are in him that he can give to men whom he had appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the world you see then verse 3 being the brightness of his glory and the word express image of his person you see that word express image of his person no angel can be this right the fathers they couldn't be this Anybody who can be this must have passed through the world of inheritance because what they accum- where they kept the accumulation of properties in an express way, properties of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? In this kind of fashion, are kept only in the world, in the realm and the world of inheritance. Are you agreeing with what I'm saying? It's just let's just it's the Bible we are reading who be in the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word, word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, so you're seeing why your sins can be, what would they use to purge the sins? Is himself, is by him. Why himself? Is because he has things of inheritance. So only this thing called sin, these sins, only things from that world can touch sin. Forget anything sins, purging of sins, it will take things from that realm of inheritance. To do, like Jesus was saying to Paul. Like is this Jesus who was saying those things to Paul? Glory to God. So, so when they say he had by himself, because he had become the heir of all things. All of those things, all the materials, the materials and the things that it takes to purge sins, he has become the heir of them. So, so by himself, he can purge our word, sin. Then he sat down 
on the right hand of the majesty on high, verse 4, being made so much better than the how, as he had by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Are you seeing? It's by inheritance. These are not trivial words. Right? It's telling you not by knowledge. It didn't by knowledge and revelation obtain, obtain which knowledge? They have knowledge. Angels. So these angels, they would have seen the knowledge in them, in him, but they saw something so much better than knowledge. They saw the inheritance of the things which those knowledge points to. They saw those things, and they can recognize it because of their height of knowledge. They, those things, they, they are carrying the knowledge. Imagine those beings of knowledge. All their frame is knowledge of something, but they've never seen that thing before. Yes, now. First Peter chapter 1, things which even angels desire to look into. So the things which the angels desire to look into, they are actually carrying the knowledge of those things. But what they are designed to look into is the, the exactness of the thing, the inheritance. They know that this thing that I am programmed to bear as knowledge actually exists. And they try, they desire... That's First Peter 1 verse 12. And unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us did they minister as those prophets whom had the, the spirit of Christ in them. Say, which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the word angels desire. So that's what they, are, what they want to bring to you is not just the knowledge that angels have, but they want to bring you into the things. Now, will you refuse the angel knowledge they have of the angels? No. But they're telling you that they don't want to just give you those knowledge of the angels. They want to now bring you into the things which those knowledge point to. You know, the, the fire of the desire of the angel is their knowledge. It's a, it's a constantly burning quest. Inside of them, they are steered within to, to search for and anticipate the things that pertain to what they are what to their knowledge. Praise God. That's why angels will be, they will, God will leave them in the world to come. It's, is because it's for their joy. Why, what was their joy? So they can be seeing those things every day live. You know, the life, the inheritance, the life materiality. Do you understand what I mean? They will be, they will be there. But, but that world can never be subject to them. Because unto them, they did not put the, in subjection the world to come. Say world to come. That world to come is the world that that is the ultimate frame. You know, walls were framed by the word of God. But it's the, that world to come, when it's, when it's singular, the, 
and the world to come. You know, they are worlds. By faith, we know that the, the worlds were framed by the word of God. But the, when it says the world to come is the final frame, right, which God wants every soul to, to land into, right? That world to come, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verse 5, that for unto the angels has he not put in subjection the world, world to come, whereof we, we do what? We speak. Praise Jesus. Say, whereof we speak. Whereof we speak. Thank you, Father. So as he had been made so much better than the angels, as he had what? By inheritance, he has by inheritance obtained a more what? Excellent name than the glory to God. So this, this wall of inheritance um, is something that they want to make it very clear. Inside, as you are now, you are living, you'll be, you know, in the season of, you know, like in a meeting now, you're in a meeting. After a while, you won't be in a meeting, you're going home. Maybe you'll be in your car, you'll be just in. After a while, you get home, you have to maybe, those who still eat after meeting time. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Why are you guys laughing? You know why you're doing that? You want me in the microwave? Praise God. Or you want to start cooking your stew or soup at that time? Which one? While you are doing those things, this, the Lord wants to paint it very clear. You must be seeing those two realms as different, as not the same. Before you saw them as just the same. You're just thinking, it's just knowledge. Okay, wow, you must know about knowledge of sanctification, knowledge of consecration, knowledge of you know, separation, you know, priestly knowledge. You see, before, that's how we, we used to see things before. You see it in terms of your spiritual meditation. You, you meditate at it in that way as just one thing. But now you should be able to see, have meditation in, of both, both realms. Do you understand? Uh-huh. And, and the, the Lord wants to do that. Because if you, are, if you, you should be able to, to take thought and take meditation in the realm of inheritance for some time. Do you understand? The same way you are, you are easily by now, by God's grace, I'm sure, able to maintain, carry on the thought in the world of knowledge, right? Of precept, doctrine, the way things are aligned, the, the frame of journey, which is the spiritual knowledge, or what I call the priestly knowledge, which God has given. Because, you know, in the priesthood, that's where God kept knowledge, <clears throat> Praise Jesus. What did God put in the priesthood? The priesthood, when you think of the priestly office, is actually the, is the, they are the custodians of knowledge. Priests are custodians of knowledge. When it comes to spiritual knowledge, knowledge that has anything to do with God, right? What makes you a priest having custody of knowledge? If you have custody of what not knowledge about things, once you are you are custodian of accurate knowledge, and what knowledge is that? Is the knowledge of God. You are a priest. That's what makes you a priest. Now you can 
decide not to have a child, you can wear priestly clothes, you can be part of a diocese or whatever, I don't know. But if you don't have the knowledge of God, right? You're not a priest. Maybe your, your body is a priest, but your soul definitely is not a priest. You are not. So it's very clear that on the earth, who we call priests are not necessarily priests, right? It's, when, you see, when you see a priest, you might not even know a priest. They don't wear, it's not by wearing clothes. A priest can have five children. A priest is not by all those things. A priest is talking about his custody, custody of knowledge of God. That's what makes you a priest. But a priest doesn't only have, only have knowledge of God. A priest has authority of access to the way of God. Authority of access to God's ways. That's actually what completes priesthood. The completion of priesthood is both knowledge, that's one that Malachi speaks about that. Malachi chapter 2. Amen. Let's see. Malachi chapter 2. When he was speaking to Levi, he said, This commandment is for you. And you shall know, Malachi 2 verse 4, and you shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you, that my covenant might be with Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. Verse 3, my covenant, sorry, verse 5, my covenant was with him of life and peace. I gave them to him for the fear wherewith he feared me and was what? Afraid before my name, verse 6, that the law of truth was in his mouth, and then what? Iniquity was not found in his lips. And he walked with me in peace and equity and did turn many away from iniquity. Are you seeing all these things that he's speaking of here? It's not just knowledge. Okay, let's go to verse 7. We'll come back. It says, for the priest's lips should keep knowledge. You see his lips. For the priest has more than lips. All right. The priest has more than what? More than lips. But when it comes to his lips, his lips should what? Keep knowledge. And then they should seek the what? The law at his mouth. For he is the messenger of what the Lord of hosts. It's very clear that when it comes to the knowledge operations, giving of knowledge, a priest, what uses lip function? For lips function, for knowledge. Am I correct? Yes, sir. He has to. All the job of the priest is to speak the knowledge of God to the people through his lips. Priestly lips is able to give knowledge of God. Praise God. But when it's not seasoned for knowledge, when there are other things, there are other things weightier than knowledge that priests must do. Lips must close. The, the lips office ends. The priest have to now take, use all the apparatus. Do you understand too? Of his equipment. The main thing that the priest will use for things like um, praise God. Hallelujah. 
for things, he has to shift from lips to, to feet. That's the, the feet is the other great equipment of the priest. Praise Jesus. When it comes to now dealing with sin, he doesn't need to say anything. It's time for talking has ended. It's for operations. A priest is empowered to transport atonement through the tabernacle. It's walking. That, you see that walking of the... There's many... It's not just walking. It's an, there's something that they have embedded within the body of him that makes him walkable. Go and walk there. You see that it's not just about that you, that you have legs. It's not what makes you able to carry, <laughs> to, to handle blood across the altars of the tabernacle. That is a, there's something about the feet of a priest. He's not talking while he's doing it. It means that that's not a knowledge in terms of the giving of knowledge. Time is what to do to deal with sin. Praise God. Are you seeing that? It's movement of blood. It's actually power of exchange to turn sin to righteousness. There must be some journeying. So the tabernacle has space which was given for walking. For the priest, that walking has something. What he's doing as he's walking, you get to be moving from altar to altar to altar. Those are mysteries. Praise God of atonement. They are actually things that are that pertain to inheritance of some sort. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So, so a priest doesn't only keep knowledge. He also has authority of access into the world. So let's quickly read this place. Uh, let's go back again to verse 5. So from verse 3, verse 3, then verse 4, Malachi 2 here, verse 5, verse 6, okay, verse 7. So verse 7 says, The priest's lips should keep knowledge, for they should seek the law out his mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. Then go to verse 6. It says, For the law of truth was in his mouth, and then iniquity was what what found in it. So you see, this law of truth, right, it's not, it's talking about his own law of truth. When they say truth here, praise God, law of truth is, is, is actually Truth is a, is a language of inheritance. Do you see that? Because the law of truth is in his mouth, iniquity is not found in his lips, colon, because of that, he's able to now walk with me in peace and equity. And by his walk, he can turn many away from iniquity. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Are you seeing that thing? So, are you getting the picture of these walls I'm showing you? I'm showing you knowledge. And I'm showing you what? Inheritance. Knowledge and inheritance. Knowledge and inheritance. You see these two, they're almost like parallel universes. That they are universes that in them have, they have all the equipment 
and all the properties of, of God's life, but in different ways, right? The soul must be so graced and so, so empowered to be able to journey in these worlds very well. Are you getting what I'm saying? To be able to see it, the light of that world should be able to, to come and not only see, they want to bring your feet into the land of, of inheritance. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The, okay, we've been in the, in the New Testament. We've been in the Old Testament. Let's go all the way back. I want us to see some of these thoughts. Let's, if the Lord will help us to... Now, when you look at the, the journey of the, of the Israelites, um, the people of Israel, the nation of Israel, as a whole, they are um, a typification of the soul, right? They are a typification of who, of the soul, of what, of the, the tip, Israel typifies the kind of journey that every soul in God should take. Praise God. They typify the kind of journey that what? Every, uh, every soul in God should take. And the, the Holy Spirit, why it was, you know, it was the Holy Ghost who crafted their, the journey of Israel. Uh, why he was, he crafted their journey, he included in their journey um, components of, that have actually exact representation of how your soul ought to journey in God. You know, that's what we are speaking about, how you ought to journey. What I'm saying, we are saying don't take knowledge and leave inheritance behind, don't, uh, like key aspect. Uh-huh. Um, now we know that in Israel, Israel they also had, they had priesthood. Do you agree? In when I say priesthood now, you, if you want to go to the beginning of priesthood in Israel, you have to go f- all the way back to the wilderness. You have to go to where? We have to go to mountain of Sinai. Praise God. I, my, my heart is actually going before Sinai. You know why? Because before Sinai, Israel already had a priest. Do you agree? Who's that? Moses. 
Moses was, was already a priest. He was the first priest of Israel. But Moses was not a... He wasn't a priest of Tabernacle. Aha. Are you understanding me? He wasn't a priest of what? It wasn't a. It wasn't just a. It wasn't a priest of, of tabernacle. <laughs> you can get your phone. <laughs> Go ahead, please get your phone. Okay. Maybe that's what you are using to type your notes. So, it's important for the, for the message. Praise God. What was I saying? That Moses. Uh, what I, What do I mean by that? Because the tabernacle. In the wilderness, signifies something. Um, it signifies knowledge. But Moses was a different kind. Moses was a wasn't just a priest of knowledge. He was a full priest. In fact, when you want to priesthood is an interesting thing. <laughs> you can easily misunderstand it. Um, because if, if, you're, if you are locking into trying to define priesthood mainly from Israel, the Jews, alone, you will not fully understand priesthood. Or maybe the way God gave it in um, Leviticus and all of those things. You might not see everything about priesthood from that. If you want to, if you want to trace priesthood in the Bible, the first time... You, you, the first time you see a, the priest, the first priest ever mentioned in the Bible was a priest called Melchizedek. Right? That's the, that's the, I think that's probably the first time you see the word priest in the Bible. I, I believe that. You, maybe I'm wrong, but I think that's, that's correct. That there was... No one mentioned Genesis chapter 14. Am I correct? Praise Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Melchizedek, okay. Verse 14. That was who Abraham met. Right? He said, and Melchizedek, Melchizedek, Melchizedek. Thank you. Yes. Melchizedek, king of Salem, he brought forth what? Bread and wine, and he was the what? He was the priest of the Most High God. Right. So, this Melchizedek, it wasn't, it very clear, it wasn't a priest of Tabernacle. It was Hebrews that now were trying to describe him and explain him to us. That even the name Melchizedek doesn't fully encompass who he is. His first is, is Melchizedek, is Melchizedek, or the, the king of righteousness, and he's the king of peace. King of righteousness, king of peace. So, king of Salem, Melchizedek, or something like that. I don't know how to put it together. <laughs> but. 
Zedek or Zadok or his righteousness. Praise God. So Melchizedek means king of righteousness, right? Then it's first by interpretation. That's Hebrews 7 verse 2. Whom Abraham gave a tenth part of all. First being by interpretation, king of righteousness. And then after that, also king of Salem, which is what? King of peace. Are you seeing these king titles? So it's not just a priest now. It's not just a, are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> We're talking about kingly things that are inside of him. Righteousness. King of peace. And then finally, he's the priest of who? Of the Most High God. Praise God. So this guy here is not just a being of knowledge. He is a being of he also has Jesus is a is a priest after his order. So priests have Orders. There are different orders. That's why if you just look at the the Israel, you won't you won't get the the real definition of of priesthood fully. So Jesus has to they have to make Jesus a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. That was the the first priest ever mentioned in the Bible. So that was the originality. This is the the genesis of priesthood. Right, this is the genesis of what of of this is genesis of priesthood means that it's the is the order of priesthood where all the priestly genes are complete. Right, all the all the genes of priesthood, the genesis of priesthood. So, are you get what I'm saying? That's why. So, Jesus was a priest after this kind of order. Thou art the priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. That's Hebrews 7, verse 17. He said, Who had in, he had no father, no mother, no. He had no descent. Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like what? Unto the Son of God. He does what? Abided a what? Priest. Now, when they are talking of no father, mother, there is a without descent. It's talking about divorce from natural inheritance, the, the channels of inheritance of the natural. That's what this thing means. That he had been, he had been, when they now made him a son, they shifted him into another world where he could inherit things from God directly. 
that those in, that what he inherited is what made him a priest continually. You understand what I mean? Uh-huh. So here is the Jesus they are describing. <laughs> you, you know that this is Jesus that they are describing here. Now you say, but didn't Jesus have a father? Yeah, he had a father, Mo- Joseph. What a mother, Mary, we know that. Descent, son of David, we know it had descent. Another beginning of days, manger, we know the day. Uh, no end of life, cross on. <laughs> so you see, you can't interpret all these things based on. <laughs> Everything here has to do with his soul. I mean, soul can have father, soul can have mother, soul can have descent, soul can have beginning of days, end of life. But, but when you're moving, one part of the, your shifting into the world of inheritance is to dislodge all those ties. That's one thing. But knowledge cannot do this to you. Do you agree with me? <laughs> Knowledge cannot do this. Knowledge cannot do what? Do this. Even in, in the priesthood of Israel, there is a partial denial of these things. But it was not, it's, not, it's not full. It's not full denial. Right? We still know who Eleazar's dad is. When you take Eliezer, take Nadab, Abihu, test their blood, it's just pointing to, to who? A. It's still pointing there. Not just physical blood. They had to pass the priesthood through the physical father. Right, Aaron was fathering them according in the order of priesthood. God will speak unto Moses. He speak unto Aaron. So even Aaron himself couldn't hear God. So Aaron's type of priesthood was actually different from Moses. The orders of priesthood is not just order of Melchizedek and the others. No, there is Moses had his own order of priesthood. It was not the same as Aaron. Most of the time, when it comes to, to key things, key things, God will not speak to Aaron. He don't speak to, will not speak to Aaron. God will speak to Moses. Go and say to Aaron and his sons. Praise, do you understand what I'm trying to say? So this thing about, this, this is the other side of priesthood. It's not just knowledge. Right, even though we, we know the priest sleep keeps knowledge and all of that, but he also has other things about him that that the, in terms of the full priesthood which we ought to come into. This is our own order as well that we also have to be, be priests after this order. You understand? So don't be a priest with knowledge only on the earth. Your priesthood will have limitation. Some kind of spirits will respect you. There are some spirits that will not respect you. 
they would not respect you. You have the knowledge, we agree, we check your knowledge is accurate, we understand it. But that's not all we are looking for. You are not really fit to, you are not very fit to be a priest of the New Testament. To, pre, to be a priest of the New Testament, a priest of the New Testament is not only a priest of knowledge, is a priest of inheritance. There are some things, you see all these things they mention here, father, mother, this, and if you say you are a priest and they still find them in you, you are a low grade. You, have, you still have a, you get what I'm saying? And so when I'm summarizing this, I'm just talking about your inheritances. You have not shifted your, your, the world of, into the world of inheritance of, of God's own properties, of God's own things. Praise Jesus. Am I making some sense to you? Yes, sir. Are, are you sure? Yes, sir. I don't want to stay in this place for too long. Um, so I was saying the first time we saw a priest in the Bible was Melchizedek, right, in, in the book of Genesis. Um, then there's, there's that order of a priest, but they are, even before you get to Aaron, before you get to Moses, there are other orders of priesthood. In the Bible. I believe after Melchizedek, the next priest in the Bible is a priest called Jethro. Right? So before time of Israel, priesthood of Israel, you had priests who were priests of, they're actually priests of God. After their different orders. Right? The first time we heard about Jethro was Exodus, when Moses had left Egypt, right? the wilderness, he killed somebody, he got to the wilderness, then he saw seven ladies coming to, they came with their flocks, right, to fetch water, he had to help them, because they are other, um, sorry? From fetching water. So he had to help them and everything, and, and those seven girls were the the daughters of who? The daughters of, of Jethro. Praise God. And Jethro was the priest of Midian. Now, you see, that, you see that order of Jethro, Jethro, Jethro. He wasn't just an ordinary priest. How do I know? He was not just a priest of knowledge. He was a priest of, what do you call him? Priest of way. Why would you call him a priest of way? Life. Why? Okay, what points to it? To judge, to teach Moses how to judge. Okay. 
Oh, okay, what else? Those things are all correct, but to me, the first thing was his occupation. He was a shepherd. Wow. Right, that was, to me, that was the first thing. I, I, praise God. Right, it's in, it's about Exodus chapter 2, verse 16. It says, Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters. They came and drew what? water, and then what? Filled the trowels to water their, to water their, father's, their father's flock. So the father has flock. So he's the, another kind of priest entirely. Is not a kind of. It's not like Aaron and the other guys. This one is a different kind of priest. He has things inside of him, but he he, is, he has the ability to manage. It's not, it's not that easy to manage flock and to manage knowledge. To 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 manage knowledge, and then to also have to also have flock. As well. Praise God. So he he's not he's not the one going sending the flock out. Praise God. Hallelujah. But he, I'm sure he's the one who gives wisdom for what the flock should do. Right? I'm, I'm definitely sure that the daughters, where did they get the, the ability to take out a flock? It was I've been from their dad. To translate, so so he must have the wisdom, the knowledge. To, he must have had the ability to translate the knowledge of flock tendering, uh, right, to his daughters, <laughs> right. But he wasn't physically going with the flock because he is a priest. I'm going somewhere. I'm just trying to show us the Bible. There are things here that we can see. The question you should ask when you read this, where are his sons? <laughs> right? Why are seven daughters? Why are his daughters? It's not because he doesn't have sons. We know he has sons. If you read the Bible, you will check later when it was time to go and talk to Moses. In other ways, had gone. Moses had become a priest in his own right. One time, it was time to go and talk to Moses. He took his, one of his sons with him. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, I don't know if you can find that, but I'm sure if you read the stories, you, know, you, you guys read all the stories. Amen. So it's not that he wasn't sonless, right? He was not sonless, but 
the son should not take the flock out. He's a priest. They have the knowledge of the flock, and they can pass it on. They can. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? You see, he has sons. Exodus 18, verse 5. He said, and Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife unto Moses in the wilderness, where he encamped at the mount of God. So when he came to this, this, to this Moses encamping around the mount of God, that's a higher thing. So he brought his sons. Okay, these are the kind of business. This is a priestly talk. This is a, let's, go, let's go and... So this was a meeting of priests. Are you getting what I'm saying? It was a priestly conference that they were about to have. The <laughs> so at this time, okay, we can bring the sons out. But when it comes to the flock, the, the knowledge for the flock, he has the knowledge of the flock, but the daughters can take care of them. Are you, are you seeing differences? How do I know he has knowledge of the flock? It's part of his... Jethro has another, he has, a, he has another secret name in the Bible. Another name for Jethro is Ruel. Praise God. Can someone look for it for me? Look for it. There's a verse where he's referred to as, as Ruel. Is it the same chapter of Exodus? Exodus chapter what? Chapter 2, verse what? Okay. Exodus 2, verse 18. Praise God. So, okay, okay, then verse, let's look from verse. So, when they came to Ruel, their father, okay, this was where the daughters went to fetch water, right? From the well. And then after they came back, it says, when they came to Ruel, their father, he said, how is it that you have come so soon today? What is verse 17? What is verse 17? Saying, okay, and the shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and helped them and watered their what? Their flock. Verse 18. And when they came to Ruel, so this Ruel is also Jethro. Right, so this is his name. What's the meaning of Ruel, please? What does it say? Huh? Friend of God. Can you check well? <laughs> Ruel. God shall do what? Pasture. Past P A S T U R E. Is there any other any other variation of it? God. Uh, okay, gossip, as a shepherd does with his flock. Right. God shall, so his, so his name was, is God shall do what? Shall pasture. Means that is actually what he carries in him. You know, then they don't name people anyhow. It's according to path. It's according to who you should be. Their names, naming is prophetic at that time. So it means that that, that shepherding thing was something that was in him. Right, is it as an also as an inheritance? Praise God! Hallelujah! So, so, so you can tell that 
Moses, why would God send Moses? It was the Holy Ghost who orchestrated this kind of meeting. Moses ran away, sat down. At that point, they came and all. So pretty much, the Lord just sent Moses to meet this man. Because God is very clear to me. I just mean, I just believe that God wanted to raise a priest after this order. A priest after this word? Order. is a, a priest after this order. It's not the fullness of priesthood. This kind of priest doesn't have all the priestly genes. This order is not, it's because it's not a Genesis order of priesthood. It's an Exodus order of priesthood. So it doesn't have all the genes of priesthood, but it has, it's higher than the Aaronic priesthood. Still, Praise God. And, and, and it's very clear that there are things that are in this priestly genetic that are present in, you find even in Melchizedek, definitely, that you cannot find in Aaron. Right? So look at Jethro. Jethro, Ruel, was a shepherd priest. But God, God wanted to raise also a shepherd priest. Yes, a priest who shepherd his people yes. through the wilderness. That is God what, what wanted to raise, raise Moses to be. So God wanted a priest who is more than just a knowledge priest. He wanted a way priest. Right? Who is a, a priest of, of way. A, which is a, a, is a priest that can shepherd, that can lead a flock. A priest that can lead and feed a flock. Are you getting me? So he wants, is a priest that has, a priest of knowledge, but also has that shepherding gene. It's a particular gene. Of course, that, that shepherding gene definitely is, is in the Melchizedek order as well. How do I know? Can, I, have you ever seen a king who is not a shepherd? You, you, you Any time God mentioned king, you know that shepherd there. It's the order when God was hewing scripturally the prototype of, of, domain, of kingship. You know God never fully defined who a king should be. Israel cried for a king like the Gentiles. God gave them one who can be, who behave like a Gentile. Because he was answering the lust of their heart. What they were looking for is a gentle, a king that liked to shine. Okay, let me give you one who can, who can behave that way. So he gave, he gave them Saul. When he got there, Saul's heart turned. You saw Saul behave a certain way. You know that that's Saul. Then God said, I have rejected you. Turn the kingdom away from you. Because you are not, you're, you're not, you're not the pattern of, king, of a king, of who a king should be. So God rejected Saul's order. God, now after Saul, God wanted to now define the nature of a king. And he went to look for a shepherd boy. Are you seeing that? You cannot separate a king like Jesus, the king of kings, is also a shepherd. Like God who, who sits on the throne is a shepherd. That's the, you can't, anything, to be a king according to the pattern of God, every king that is according to God's pattern 
is also a shepherd. It's part of the qualification. That was, like, that was the first qualification, actually, before God started. That was the first thing David had, that God now started adding things to him for years. Before say, okay, when God heaved up all the, the ability, then they finally gave him the kingdom. Are you getting me? But you see that shepherding nature is actually the foundation for a king. So when they say Melchizedek, king of righteousness, king of, of, of peace, it can't be those kings without a strong shepherdic nature inside of who? Inside of him. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? I'm, just, I'm showing you priesthood, full priesthood, defining it for you. Amen. Amen. So, so those aspects of the priesthood is not full like Genesis, but there's a type that God said, I want to use in Exodus. And it's also, it will also be revelatory. It also, to, to, to reveal something, when something is, old, is full and old, you can't know what it is. Right? Like I look at this keyboard now, as it's looking like that, if I keep it that way, I can't tell you what, I can't know it. If I want to really study it, I must begin to tear it apart. I have to be able to bring it down into its components and I almost like undress it to see, are there actually layers here? Okay, okay, there's this part. If you take this part away, there are that for teaching, for, for illumination, for understanding. That's what God did with the priesthood. With Melchizedek, he began to undress priesthood down from Genesis down to Exodus. Are you seeing that? For us to see different aspects of the of, of priesthood. Now, if you just read Melchizedek, the dealing and look at dealings between Melchizedek and Abraham, and they ask you, who is a priest? You, you might say a priest is somebody who receives bread and wine, right? <laughs> <laughs> who collects tithe. <laughs> That would be the revelation that you would have of priesthood, right? That he collects what? Even his name is Hidi. They call him Melchizedek, but that's not all his names. Right? So they have to, they, one of, that's one of the, the, the things the Bible teaches is to show you elements of priesthood through, by undressing the priesthood down, right, at different levels. So when this priest came in Exodus chapter, sorry, in Exodus we saw Jethro, and then we saw Moses after his order. Yes, we now saw, that's why we began to see the order shepherding element of a priest. And in that place, there's a site which you see about priesthood, which is the, the priest... Being more than somebody who just has knowledge alone. Okay. 
Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Moses was a was a, a priest of inheritance. The reason for in the cause of Moses dealing with the children of Israel, Moses, they now had to take that priesthood and break it down further to show another side of it, which is, an, which is important for inheritance, which is the priesthood of knowledge. That is what I will mainly call the priesthood of Aaron, of Levi. It's mainly the word, the priesthood of what? Of knowledge. Praise God. Now, there will be a time when you, thank you, Jesus. So, you see, Israel shows us priesthood now, but sometimes I want us to begin to, to see. We have just a short time, but, um, and I'm seeing it. I'm seeing in the, the journey of Israel, by God's grace, in the Bible, you'll see the, they can, you can see by the Spirit the landscape of inheritance or the landscape of soul inheritance. That's what they're showing by the, the journey of the children of Israel. The, the landscape of what? Of of the soul's inheritance. Inheritance. So, in ask that inheritance, real inheritance in the spirit, inheritance is God. That is the real thing. I don't want to go back to many, too many scriptures, but the you have to go go to you know where the the idea of Israel started. You trace it back to Genesis chapter twelve at the beginning, right? It's when God the Lord came to Abraham and was promising him things. See Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, those are the fathers of Israel, right? What God promised to them, what God gave to the fathers of Israel was a promise. It was a, what promise? It's a promise of an inheritance which their children will come into. And that inheritance 
later, when the Lord began to speak to Joshua, when it was time to move into the actual, he began to refer to it as the land which I swear to your fathers. The land which I swear to your fathers, which I swear to your fathers, which, which you should inherit. So it means that the, the actual inheritance which God wanted to give Israel was that promised land. See Exodus chapter 6 verse 8. It says, I will bring you into the land concerning which I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give it to you for an word. That word heritage means as an inheritance. I will give to you that land. So he was speaking concerning a particular land. The land. Are you seeing that? In different places, that land is the land of inheritance. And that land of inheritance is, is the land of God. That's the actual inheritance. But the, the world of inheritance is, is a landscape. Are you getting me? You have to see this thing. Uh-huh. The, so you don't enter into the, the world of inheritance when it's time to inherit the land. <laughs> That's not what you, you there's, a, there's an entire landscape of inheritance which the soul must, must traverse through. The soul must journey through. To, that will e- end up in the final land that was sworn to the fathers, which is the land which God wants to really, which is the real inheritance of the soul, the real one. But there is a landscape. And one of the things that God said concerning Israel. Father, thank you. Say landscape. What do I mean by landscape? It's not a land. I don't know if landscape is the right word, but it's a. Uh, there are lands of journey. Do you agree with me? Lands of journey. That. Yes, sir. When. You know. That. Going through the landscape of inheritance is. Is journeying through, I can call it through worlds. I, can, yes, I will call it through yes, worlds. Yes, right? Yes, They're actually different worlds. Yes, and our language for worlds is, is I, I, I speak world as the, the habitation of soul. Yes, where soul so when, when you see soul with specific characteristic, having settled in an habitation, that is showing the world to it. And what, what God wanted to bring Israel through were walls, but in the terrestrial sense of, of habitation of people, naturally, you can call them nations and peoples. Do you agree? And the Lord was describing, the Bible was describing the journey of Israel through you know, I think in, the, in um, Chronicles and also in Psalms, 
I think in Psalm 1, is it 105 or 150, it says that as they went to, from one nation to another. Praise God, thank you, Jesus. 105, verse 13. Psalm 105, it says, when they went, it was speaking about Israel now. It says, when they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom. Are you seeing this language? One nation to another. One kingdom to another people. He's talking about the journey of Israel. It's actually the, it's a, it's a, it's a journey of, of shifting of walls. One nation to another, from one kingdom to another people. What happened? That he suffered, this was God. He suffered no man to do them wrong. He did what? Reproved kings for their sakes. Verse 16, 15. Saying the word, touch not mine anointed, and then do my word, prophets no harm. Praise God. Now, are you seeing this, this what you call these nations, these nations and these people here? They are inhabitants, right, of the landscape of journeying. In the landscape of inheritance, they are inhabitants. And you won't meet, you, you can't, to, to interact with an inhabitant in that landscape, you must journey to meet them. Do you get what I'm saying? You, you must do what? You must journey. This is a sense. The Bible actually, the, the people of Israel, the Bible archived their, let's, let's check that Exodus. I, um, was it Exodus now? Lord Jesus. Amen. I want, to, I want us to see the, when they started listing the, the different places, you know, from Egypt, they began to bring them from Egypt, right, into the wilderness, and they began to, to list all the different lands. You know, the Red Sea was in the first place. From, it's not Egypt, then it's the Red Sea, next, next day, no. There are two places, what? No, not, uh, um, not America, it's the, forget their name now. There are about two, two lands, actually, two, or two peoples that you pass before you get to the sea. Okay. What's that? <laughs> I think Exodus should be around maybe chapter 12 or something. God. No, not 12. Okay, this is...
Amen. I'm so sorry that. Exodus 13, verse 7. 17. Mm-hmm. Yes. So he led them not through the way of the Philistines. Although that was near. For God said, let peradventure the people repent. Let peradventure the people repent when they see war. And they then do what? They return to what? To return, they return to Egypt. What war now is he afraid of? Them seeing. But he says war. Real war. God was seeing the war they will have to fight before they, before they get the real inheritance. Before they will, in that plains of Moab, all those kind of Og of Bashan. And are you getting all those deadly beings in that place who they need to encounter to contend with before they cross into where the actual land that was promised unto them? God could foresee it and say, These people, you can't just take people and throw them inside that place to possess the land. It will never happen. So let's not take them through this simple route. Let's, let's now, let's bring them into a landscape. Let's turn journey of inheritance into a, a landscape of inheritance where they will have to go through different terrains. Let's the sea war and run. So God led the people about through the way of the wilderness, of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel, uh-huh. And it's out of the land of Egypt. Praise God. Then chapter 14, verse 1, it says, And then the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they turn and encamp before. See this Pihahiroth, I don't know. That place, then between Migdol and the sea, and over against Balzephon, before it shall ye encamp by what? The sea. So you see, these are, these are regions before you get to the sea. Now, the fact that they said it's wilderness, it doesn't really mean that there are no people there at all. If it's that this whole wilderness place was entirely. That maybe, in fact, they had not even got into wilderness, really, at this place. But this was the beginning of the land, of, of the landscape of inheritance. There was, so, in the landscape of inheritance, there is pre-Red Sea, there is post... I get, there's a place, I think, in Numbers, Numbers 33, where they listed the, the lands. Thank you. Numbers 13. Glory to God. Praise Jesus. Now, there's a reason why would they archive all these things for you? It's for, it's for, this, when you read this book, you think it's boring, but it's not boring. 
when they did it so that when you're reading this thing, you should be seeing some things. Is they are instructive for your soul. Amen. I hope someone is hearing what I'm saying. I hope you're not just thinking, ah, this guy, why are you going to all this ancient, all this? Oh, please, this too. This thing has something to do with you. <laughs> with you. <laughs> Praise God. Numbers 33, see, then it says, These are the journeys of the children of Israel, which they went forth out of the land of Egypt with their armies under the hand of Moses and Aaron. And Moses wrote their goings, their goings out, according to their journeys by the commandment of the Lord. And these are their journeys according to their goings out. Are you getting me? It's not anyhow. It's not any, are you getting me? It's, there's, uh, praise God. Yes. It, there's actually a map of inheritance that the soul must go through. Then he began to list. You see the same places he listed in chapter in Exodus 14. He started from there, and they departed from from Ramesses. That's Ramesses. is in Egypt. Praise God. In the first month, and on the 15th day of the first month, and then on the morrow after the Passover, the children of Israel went out with an high hand in the sight of all Egyptians, for the Egyptians buried all their firstborn, which the Lord had smitten among them upon their gods. Also the Lord executed judgment, and the children of Israel removed from Ramesses and pitched in Sukkoth. And they departed from Sukkoth and pitched in Etham, which is in the edge of the wilderness. So these are the places before they, got, they get to the wilderness. Are you getting what I'm saying? So they kept pitching from one people to another, from one nation, nation to another. And they removed from Etham and turned again to we saw that place before, which is before Balzaphon, and they pitched before Migdol. Then, and they departed from before Pepharhiroth and passed through the midst of the sea. So it was at this place, that was where they got to the sea, where uh-huh, the first veil, before the first veil opened up. Now, notice I use the word veil here. You see, there is the word veil. But veil is tabernacle word. Temple, why am I not, why am I using veil for river? So you begin to see two things now. Knowledge and inheritance. Are you seeing that? So what Moses went to get in Sinai was knowledge for the people to help them. So if you look at the, the, in the landscape of inheritance, you will see world, you will see separation, you will see veil. You will see sanctification. You will see veil. You will see consecration. It means that in the landscape, you will see outer court. You will see the world. You will see the outer court. You will see the 
only place you will see the most holy in the landscape of inheritance. But in knowledge, you see it there. So at, at some point, God brought it down as at knowledge. That's what they went to Sinai to get. So, so there is difference between that tabernacle that was reared up. Do you get what I'm saying? So it means that studying the tabernacle, everything about it, rearing it up, having it, and the glory descending was not the same thing as inheriting the land. Even though when you check them, they are the same design. But they are two universes that are parallel to each other. That, so it means that somebody in that season, there are people in that season who were masters of tabernacle but never finished the journey of inheritance. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. And this should also make it clear to you then that so Moses, which is how we got to this place, is to tell you that Moses was a was a higher priest than Aaron. Why? Because the knowledge that Moses went to get from the Sinai wasn't for him. He wasn't. <laughs> See, I won't lie to you. There's nothing in that thing that Moses didn't know. Uh, hey, are you see? Are you, you get what I'm trying to say? Are you seeing what I'm trying to say to you? You see that? That you say, but God, then God, he went to the. In fact, when Moses was there. God, Moses wasn't praying, God, please give us a pattern. Give us the pattern. Give us a tabernacle. No. His own concern was something else entirely. God was the one talking about holy place. He said, look, can you show me your glory. Can I see? <laughs> His own concern was a, a different matter entirely. God was disturbing him with the issue of Israel. After a while, God was in the hey, look. Your people are misbehaving down there. Can you go and meet them? It wasn't, it might not have been. <laughs> it was lost in that place. When the God of heaven comes down, I imagine Moses gisting Jethro about the, ex, the experience of. I mean, Jethro will say, did he show you? <laughs> their, their own concern is something else entirely. It's not. While Israel were busy doing golden calf, even they are hearing too. Praise God. If I have found grace in thy sight, I found grace in thy sight. It was praying in the presence 
It means that Moses could speak in the presence. He could use language in the presence to relate with God. He knew what kind of things to relate with God with. He was a priest of God, <laughs> right? Not a tabernacle priest. That wasn't, when God gave him Ten Commandments, you feel like, ah, God had, God had not blessed him. That wasn't a blessing. That was a work for him. That was, the first one, he broke it. When he came down, he threw it at the people. <laughs> <laughs> the, ang- the anger of the, of the <laughs> Are you getting what I'm trying to say? He was, a, it was higher. It was high. It was a. It was by that time Moses was just thinking purely in terms of inheritance. He, he thought the, differently. He was in that tabernacle. I don't know if I'm showing you something today. Yes, that you know that you know that's the way we stand up for the tabernacle. That's the only way they have to. They could teach us, and that's the only way you can most learn that thing with all the skills of the Bible. Praise God. But I want to see Moses. That was not God. Is not limited to that thing. That's that particular knowledge about just the outer court. Only. He knew it in a different way. It was inside him. God had put it there. Spending 40 years with Jethro. I don't think, believe Jethro had tabernacle. I can almost tell you for sure he didn't have. So what... Jethro would have had his own school of priesthood. The same school he must have taken maybe his sons through. That's the same school that, that Moses went through. It's possible that Jethro's own school of his holy place, his outer court, holy place, most holy place, might be in the pasture of the sheep. In that, when you go to that school, he can tell you this way of shepherding, this is the outer dimension of it. <laughs> I don't know the language he will use, but there is something about that area. Uh-huh. You understand? True, he was, was a shepherd priest. So, so that's why, and that, that is what, that's the kind of sense. So a shepherd priest is a, is a, is a priest of inheritance. Is how to get the flock there. How, to, how, how do you get the flock to the desired land of pasture, which is like land of inheritance, the wisdom of the flock, how to take care of the flock, how to keep them, the heart of the flock. The, you know, the taking care of the flock is not the physical things you do. A hireling can do that. Any, any physical task you can do to take care of sheep you can hire someone to do it, but that's not what makes you a shepherd. A hireling can never feel how the shepherd feels for the flock. That feeling of for the flock is, the, is where the priesthood lies. That is, that one took 40 years to learn. It's a nature. So it wasn't really about physical sheep. No. It's something, it's a, it's a, when you, so that's why in, you can see it now, we read it. Jethro wasn't physically following sheep around. His daughters were doing that. Perhaps his daughters, I don't know, he was imparting something to them. But inside of him, he had all everything about sheep. There's something about the heart for sheep that is priestly. 
That is that priestly nature is what he imparted into. Inside that heart posture of shepherding, there is separation. There is sanctification. There is consecration in all those things. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. So, so Moses was, with that wisdom, that's how he was able to, God was able to command him concerning the, the, the landscape and the terrain of inheritance which Israel ought to pass through. Not to go through the easy way, lest they will see war and run. Maybe we can close the Bible a little bit because so we don't go deeper <laughs> into. Then you can get lost in Exodus and in those places. Praise God. Um, to, let me, let's bring it to the soul. Right? Glory to God. Now, see that wisdom of the path of inheritance, the landscape of inheritance in the spirit, the way it is designed, before the soul will get into the land of inheritance, which is the, the, the actual promised land. Uh-huh. You know there is a warfare that should happen in that place. Uh-huh. But before that, there are little, little wars which you will fight. Now, when you get to a, um, a particular la- land, a land as inhabitants, yes, right? Yes, sir. As Israel began to journey, the inhabitants of the lands they were passing through were increasing. Do you agree? Yes, sir. By the time they got to that promised land area, they are giants. Forget yes. about it. That the land itself, these ones are just forget, just forget about it. Those ones are giants. So, okay. So those ones are giants. The people are giants. The land itself is a giant. Because the land it tet up its inhabitants. The land itself. So, so let me explain what I'm saying to you. While they were in the wilderness, they were moving through different lands in the landscape towards inheritance. So the inhabitants were increasing. After a while, they became giants, right? People. Initially, they might not even have been people. There's many, there are many things about land. By the time you now finally jam a person, when you, you can walk in the land for a while, you didn't see anybody. When you now finally meet a person who is an inhabitant of the land, they look like the land. Yes. Do you get what I'm saying? Because they are a product of the land. So when you are dealing with that person, if they make war with you, it's actually the land you are warring with. What the land has raised yes. that you are worrying with. So it's really the land. It's really about the land. Right? After a while, Israel, they got to a place. They started crying. Nobody there to beat them. <laughs> Just the land. 
Do you understand? Am I lying to you? After they crossed the Red Sea, the first Mara, the, the land just said, this is the kind of water I have, I have to produce for you. I have no other kind for you. Christ started. Because of the taste. Nobody was fighting them. Nobody was killing them. But it was also war. Fighting war at Mara. Bitter water. It's land. So if you, if they, when they journeyed later and they met all those other strong, deadly people in those lands, it means that those guys, they are guys who have wrestled with that land, who are a product of the land. They have mastered the land. The land has raised them. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So when the Bible says as they went from one nation, from one people to another, he suffered no one to do them wrong. He rebuked kings. Don't think only about people. Just be thinking land. It's, it's just that, that was the wisdom of how God, the same way a, 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 a shepherd moves the, she, the, the sheep through lands. It's actually, the shepherd is actually, is actually making the sheep to continue living against the contradiction of the land. Find the path, find the way to help the sheep to prosper. That's the that's wisdom of a shepherd. Are you getting what I'm trying? That's the, that's the priestly stature that Moses had inside of him. Praise God. Should I continue? Yes, sir. Okay. So I said landscape of inheritance, right? Yes, sir. Now, this landscape, now, I'm saying land, land, land. Of course, don't be thinking of land or something physically. That's not your landscape for your soul. You see those nations, peoples, and different lands in the landscape in your part of inheritance that are to oppose your journey. What are they? They are inhabitants in you. All the, the, do you understand me? You will journey, there are those who are living, they are inhabitants, they are inside you. You, 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 me, we all have, praise God. And you can never, there are many of you, you can never know them until you, you journey to meet them. Some are buried inside the landscape. Their natures, tendencies. Say ten, then seas. Those are the inhabitants of the landscape of inheritance. So, you can have knowledge and you never move into the world of confronting those things. Only journey in the realm of inheritance can bring confrontation. So, what that means is that there are many things you must confront 
that without that, God can never have confidence of you coming into his life. Everlasting life. God, God knows that the war for that life, that one, the day you see it, it will run. <laughs> if you don't journey, you understand what I mean? If, so imagine someone who is only has revelation. Oh, let's put it this way. Let's say Israel never journeyed in nothing, nothing. Right from, after, after, right from Egypt, gone, gone. Maybe in burning bush or something, they just brought forth knowledge of tabernacle. And they just put tabernacle there. And they just were there, tabernacle, 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 for some time. Then next day, it's time to go into the promised land. Will they have the... They will not... With all the... They will have knowledge, priestly knowledge. They will... I get what I'm saying, but they, they've not taken them through the, the terrain. Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I telling you something, please? This is the wisdom of the Spirit. You should know your soul journey, what it looks like. When you're reading these things in the Bible, it's your soul. They're just... Showing you about the journey of your soul. <laughs> All right? Yes. But so the journey, they, they, you know, they were using Moses' sense. Moses was pushing them in the world of, in, of inheritance by knowledge. You get, so knowledge was actually going on, they were receiving knowledge through Moses. After some time, Moses needed some, some help from his elder, Jethro. But there's a way you manage these people. There are some, it was also lesson in flock, flock ministry, management. It was, it was all the priestly wisdom he gave to him. Judgment. This is how you judge the people. Don't, don't kill yourself. Calm down. This, one's, this kind of flock you have, I don't think God will help you, but let me give you a wisdom. <laughs> Praise God. So but there's something very key, though, about this inheritance thing. You discover their journey was interesting. They move and move and move. They now got to a point. They began to move around one spot. And they began to, to, to tarry in one place. To tarry. The tarrying around that mountain, that area. You know, the, that season, that was where they spent most of the years. Tarrying. That was the season of knowledge. Of, or the season of tarrying with knowledge. After God brought the knowledge of the... Of you know, the knowledge of the tabernacle was the knowledge of their journey. It was the revelation of their journey. You see that outer court, holy place. Also, it's their entire journey, but in the form of knowledge. The part of the landscape was there for them. When they are ready, it's time <laughs> you will take that journey with your feet. But 
at some point in the wilderness, in the camp. Say camp. They call it camp. In the wilderness, yes. The camp, God had to download knowledge, right? He wanted to do it directly inside them. But he said, no, let's, people, people just, it was clear that they couldn't receive that kind of thing. So Moses had to bring it down and then convert it into a physical structure that they can see. That structure was a, yeah, a show. It was, it was, that was like a, a laboratory, a practical um, image, a practical erection of their, of their journey. So the wisdom of inheritance really was in the knowledge of the tabernacle. And God made sure they stayed. In that time they were with it, the priests must have been talking to them constantly, constantly. The knowledge about, you know, that tabernacle is not an ordinary thing. No? This is where I, I, I'm speaking about the tabernacle. You might just be like, ah, no, just knowledge. It was not the real thing. No, no, see, tabernacle was powerful. That tabernacle, God's Shekinah was upon it. What is Shekinah? Shekinah is the abiding glory. What is the abiding glory? It's the, the abiding glory is the speaking glory. Right, that's, that's the, is the word? It's the, it's the speaking glory. So, don't let any devil give, give you a message that my teaching is downplaying knowledge. This is not a season of downplaying of knowledge. If you think that's what is going on here, you're getting the wrong message. That's the message I'm preaching. We're not downplaying knowledge. Knowledge has been increasing. The increase of knowledge can never stop. In fact, it will begin to accelerate. You'll find the more the path of inheritance is opening, knowledge will begin to increase. To begin to in- because why? Knowledge becomes happier, becomes more excited. Because why? It's beginning to see that the conversation of its end of its foot is opening up. Knowledge begins to be accelerated. If you're, if you're knowing at this pace before, by the time they begin to shift you into thinking about inheritance, your level of knowledge, your, your speed of, of comprehension of spiritual knowledge will begin to increase. You begin to see the Bible in a different way. Someone who thinks in terms of inheritance is faster with spiritual thought than someone who just thinks revelation. You'll be smarter. Someone who just thinks revelation will be making, can be making mistakes here and there with scripture. You won't be tidy. You will, be, you will need too many corrections. You will need too many. You will, it will be easy to make mistakes because you're not seeing it with the right kind of heart. But a, a, a person who is immersed in the, in the school of inheritance, you can easily tell a foul smell when it comes to scriptures, when things are not aligning well. It's easy because you are dealing in the reality. Do you get what I'm saying? You are, you are dealing in the world of the reality where that thing is talking of. You know how that place smells. You know the kind of salvo that should be around this particular knowledge. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So you see that tabernacle in the wilderness wasn't an ordinary thing. It wasn't ordinary. 
It was, praise God. See those priests of knowledge, Aaron, was in Aaron, Aaron. You know, the, that ironic priesthood, God had to eventually show the power. You know, the power of that priesthood didn't show up in that, that sin. God had to wait for the generations to pass. He had, let Moses die. Let Aaron die. They both died. It was the next generation. The son Eleazar. When it was time for that knowledge to, to bear its, its, its ultimate fruit, the ultimate, what was the ultimate fruit of that knowledge? Passage into the land of inheritance. When it was time, God now had, he had told Joshua, meditate, the book of the law, everything, make, to make your way prosperous. What was the manifestation, the prosperity of that way? When it was the wisdom of how to, to access came. What was the wisdom? Let everybody wait behind. Drive everybody away. Go and bring the priest and the ark. So it means that that, that door is actually, it's knowledge open, but it's not just anyhow kind of knowledge. It's not anyhow. By that time, they had, they had removed, they've done away with the, the cloth, the curtain, the rod. All of those things of the tabernacle, it has finished its purpose. Why? They, they've transferred the knowledge into the people for years. So no need to rear up the tabernacle anymore. They put it aside. Now you can bring out the raw ark. And priests who have fit power. Fit power is fit ministry. So by that time, that would tell you that the ironic priesthood has moved up a notch. Right? That order of priesthood, something had been added to them. Those, it's not possible, the, like, it, it, you brought Aaron, and then you put Aaron around the glory for 40 years. Something happened to that priesthood. They gained an equipment that without the, 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 the cloth and the covering and the tabernacle, they could carry the word. So that, what is that ark? That ark was most holy, moving. They could bear it, carry it. Are you getting what I'm saying? So when the priest of knowledge became priest of work, inheritance, it was the feet of the priest that parted the second veil of Jordan. The people walking behind them. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? That was the that was the prosperity of the way. That that wisdom of how to do that thing is what they told Joshua. Meditate upon. Keep meditating. May this book of the law not depart from your mouth, but meditate therein, day and night, so that you you may do what observe to do. 
all that is written therein. So you see the observation. It's what to do, 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 what to do. Kept observing to do. Says, so you will make your way prosperous. That's what they want to do. When you are in the season of knowledge, they want to help you. Knowledge should help you. The knowledge should bear fruit. The fruit of knowledge is making your way prosperous. What way is way in the realm of inheritance? Turning it into conversation of knowledge, becoming conversation of, of inheritance inside of it. That's the real prosperity. I wish above all things that thou may as prosper. You know, even as I, I sow, that's the prosperity of the soul. Praise Jesus. This is the prosperity God wants for you. How many of you are in, you like this kind of, you want to prosper in this way? Kai. You see how you raised your hand with enthusiasm. God just saw it. Heaven saw it. Heaven saw it. And you will not, you will not be bankrupt of these things. You will begin to mark prosperity in the land of inheritance. You see, in a very short time, you begin to see knowledge turning into way. You just hear, you begin to hear voice behind you. This is the way. Walk in it. That will be your experience every day. Not, not once a week. Not once in two weeks. Not once a month. Not once a year. I mean constantly. You'll be hearing it. This is the way. Walk in it. This is the way. Walk in it. This is the way. Walk in it. So shall it. You will not be bankrupt. You know that season of, ah, oh, what should I do? What I, you know, a lot of times, all of the questions, ah, I just say, Kai, way. Way. Maybe you might have revelation, but not too much of way. But now you see way will begin to open. Yes. It will be so clear how to beat Satan. How to defeat Satan. How to walk against his wiles. To walk, you see, in purity, in holiness, in righteousness, in sanctification. To bear the beautiful fruits of charity. See all of those things. How to add to your faith. What? Virtue. To virtue what? Knowledge. To knowledge what? The Lord will open up all the doors. Father, we thank you. Lord, we believe tonight, we prayed that you will come to bless us, Jesus. I've not spoken of my own self, of course, because I have nothing. But this was your son, Jesus. Jesus, you're the one who ministered to us, who fed us tonight with food from your table. And I ask that this nourishment will increase. Your spirit, Lord, will take it further and minister, open it up within our soul, the riches of this understanding. Let it be established within our heart. It will bring us into the the, 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 the very, 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 very realities of these things. Thank you, Father, for opening up the world of inheritance, Amen. the land of inheritance, and empowering our feet to walk therein. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory to your name. Thank you because there is strength from heaven for every person now, every person now who desires grace and strength to walk in this reality. 
thank you for every soul that desires. Strength comes. Strength comes. Grace comes. Grace comes upon every heart. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth.